First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock a out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. And welcome back to the Two Beers Podcast, pod of the everyman. I'm Jordan, here with my boy Drew. Drew. Another week, another dollar. How's it going, bro? I'd be feeling a lot better if I was getting my introduction with an entire mariachi band behind me. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. <laughs> Did you happen to see after that fight how he he was uh, Eddie Hearn was ragging him and he was like, "You were out there forever." And Canelo was like, "I would. I told somebody to tell me when to go, and I was looking all around." <laughs> Did you see that? I I did it. I yeah. I, <laughs> it was I, pretty funny. I I thought you were gonna ask me if uh, I saw him just hitting some hitting some chips with his uh, pitching wedge with the mariachi band behind him after uh, the next day after the fight. Uh, uh, I did see that. <clears throat> you you know who I did not see hitting some chips? Uh, Billy Saunders and B- his Billy fractured, Joe Saunders. fractured face. Yeah, we sure yeah, did it. No. But we digress. We save that. Save that. Yeah. Time. So episode thirty-one. We uh, obviously we had some nice boxing last week. But before we get any further, let's do our version of the Ziggy Zoggy. Assume positions. Three, two, one. Two brew salute. Um, Cheers. I have, a, I have a beer here called Destiny Unbound from Insurrection Aleworks. My brother bought me this. Eight percent. It's a double IPA. It sounds like a uh, sounds like a stripper's name. What Destiny Unbound? Yeah. Welcome to the stage, Destiny <laughs> Unbound. <laughs> What's the name of that strip club? Harden likes to go to again in New York. Oh, um, Spearmint Rhino. No, that's just, that's just a chain. I don't know which one. Which one does he like to go to? <laughs> What's the senator's name? <laughs> The senators or the governor, who I thought you remember, you said their names. I, was like, oh, I do remember you thinking that was a strip club. I don't remember Cuomo, the context. Cuomo, of... Cuomo or something? Oh, Cuomo. Whatever it was, and I was like, I was like, oh, there's the there's the strip clubs he goes through in New York. <laughs> De Blasio was the is yeah, the, there uh, it is. mayor. Yeah, yeah. and you're oh, like, oh, you're like, oh, good joke. I'm like, about what? What do you what do you got over there? Uh, I got me a uh, old faithful. Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Al Segundo. Yeah, all right. You're just crushing those. I mean, I've got about 35 of them in my garage. If anybody wants to partake, well, if you hear some some glass shattering, that's that's just me <laughs> coming through for some 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 beers. All right. Well, um, so yeah, let's let's get into that um, into that boxing weekend that was um, so we we're just calling it Canelo weekend and and first. Um, I just wanted to briefly, very briefly, touch on how sucky the undercard was. Like they, they, I'm not saying on from a money perspective they needed to roll out any any good fights, but gosh, okay. So I said let's keep an eye on Frank Sanchez and Keyshawn Davis. Keyshawn Davis is now two and zero. They freaking put that dude on YouTube at like five o'clock at night. I'm like. What the? It's, it wasn't even on the zone. Uh, I'm, I was that was bizarre yeah. and idiotic. Uh, Frank Sanchez, the Cuban, seventeen and zero. Um, it the fight ended at like quote unquote injury, so it went to the cards. He w- won every round against this guy Nagy Aguilera. 
if you didn't see it, he barely grazed the back of the guy's neck, and the guy, like, had a delayed reaction, and then flopped all over, and was like, oh, he effing hit me in the head, he hit me in the back <laughs> of the head, and it's like, dude, he threw a hook at distance that grazed your neck, but bizarre, idiotic, totally sucked. Yeah. Um, Next one was Kieran Conway versus Soleimane Suzoko. I told you they're trying to make Suzoko into something. Slick fighter, but he ain't nothing. Then they had the the uh, light flyweights or whatever. These again, two dudes who threw a thousand punches and couldn't hurt each other. They they did stop it on TKO. Uh, Elwin Soto versus Takayama. Takayama's like thirty seven. They brought him out of retirement. Soto still couldn't hurt him. The referee should have never stopped it. It was bizarre. Totally crap card. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. And then we got to yeah, the main I, event. I, I didn't even bother watching any of the undercard. Yeah, the, you, you, nobody missed anything. <laughs> I, I just wanted to keep an eye on Frank Sanchez because he is kind of polished and kind of big. And Keyshawn Davis. And they freaking even they didn't even show me Keyshawn Davis. So, <sighs> anyway, then we got to the main event. Saul. Canelo Alvarez. Before I'm glad you said that. The funniest part of my weekend was two different buddies <laughs> asking me who who the hell Sal Alvarez is. Because <laughs> my, my 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 two buddies from Harrisburg, Alex and uh, and Andrew, we were, we were joking around. They're, they 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 like to gamble on some stuff. So I was I they they they're like betting the dogs and boxing. And uh, I was like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna bet Billy Joe, I was like, bet him to go on the cards because he's definitely not knocking out Canelo. And they go to the fight. They go to look at the betting stuff in the pay per view, and they're like. Who the hell is Saul or Saul uh, Alvarez? I'm like, oh my god! And he's like, oh, it shows what I know about boxing. Yeah. And then uh, our our pod 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 longtime listener and guest Teddy uh, also had no idea that his name was Which, Saul. I mean, it's understandable. Sa- oh yeah, Saul I mean, dude, he's, is, is he's on a first nowhere, he's on a first yeah. name basis now. He's Canelo, but I just thought it was funny how they like who the hell was Saul. So yeah. it was uh, better call Saul. I mean, is. Billy Joe sh- should have called Saul because, wow. Um, so why don't you give us a quick recap of how you how you saw the fight go down? We'll, we could talk about our cards and go get into it from there. Yeah, um, I thought it was a, I thought it was an exciting, interesting fight. The first, well, we'll we'll call it the first the first four rounds. It was interesting because. It was close. They weren't throwing a ton of punches. Um, or I should say they weren't landing a ton of punches. Not a lot of activity. Um, you really couldn't tell who was landing more punches, but it was obvious that Canelo was landing the harder punches. Um, and which, you know, we've seen now with the judges, and you've heard us complain about judges for, Jesus, 31 weeks here. Um, you know, they don't necessarily, they're not, they're not necessarily rewarding the guys that are hitting the clean, more impactful shots. They're looking for guys that are more active and, and landing a little bit more, even if they're just grazing. So that kind of made the first four rounds a little bit difficult to judge. Then when we got into five, six, and seven, the heat got turned up. They, those guys were exchanging. I mean, there were 73,000 people and the crowd was into it. Canelo started really playing to the crowd. Um, Saunders really changed his style halfway through the fight too. He he started boxing with his hands down, um, which you know 
got him a lot more shots in on Canelo um, and really frustrated. Well, maybe not frustrated. I don't think he can frustrate Canelo, but not, he, not he emotionally, was, but, yeah. but physically. Yeah. Frustrated. Like Canelo was Kinda, missing. Yeah. Canelo was Threw him missing. A curveball. Yeah. Canelo was missing some shots. He normally would land and he didn't, we talked about this the other day. Sanders, Saunders didn't, I kept now I'm so, I spelled it Sanders the whole night. I'm saying <laughs> Sanders. Um, Saunders didn't, he didn't hurt Canelo with any shots, but he got his attention with a good flurry of punches um, in those rounds, which nobody nobody's really done a Canelo here in the last probably two years. Um, yes, he he was he was landing clean jabs, yeah, which you're just than, not even, used to seeing somebody beating Canelo to the draw. Yeah, even like, more than typical, Kovalev, yeah, even more than Kovalev, I thought he was like, he just was getting his attention. Um, he was he was he was landing the jabs clean, and we've seen. S- Almost every time, Canelo slip, duck, and dive, and dodge, and dip, yeah. and dive, and dodge all of those. Um, and 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 he in Saunders, he wasn't able to do that every time versus Saunders. Saunders was landing. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and I was gonna say, you know, we talked about it on the pod. You know what really the, the biggest advantage of Saunders, which is you know what what made the fight seem close, even though it may not have been on the cards. Like, just his ability to fight off the back foot. And, of course, the big thing with the bigger ring. He was able to move move around more and really make Canelo have to come to him. So he was able to counter counter with some jabs. You know, he probably should have thrown a little bit more combinations at him. You just got to be so careful because, I mean, it's like Garcia, man. Like, like when Canelo, dude, when he hits you with those with those hooks in your in your liver. Uh, yeah, well, that, I mean, that's what geez, I was going to say. Just is... damaging. For as many shots, clean shots as Saunders was landing, Canelo was landing as many or more body shots. Uh, which, and and cl- clean, like pinpoint on the button. I yeah, mean, and so, but it was just one of those things where like people are used to seeing that out of Canelo, but they're not used to seeing Canelo get hit clean. Yeah. So every time Saunders hit Canelo clean, people were just like, "Oh my gosh! Oh, Saunders won that round!" And it's like, you know, I, I was scoring it pretty heavily i think i had it six two canelo with two toss-up rounds that i gave to canelo yeah, um, um and i think you had it five three canelo right i did yeah i had it 70 78 76 um but i was gonna say that but the thing it was interesting is the thing that got saunders you know his hit or got Cam- saunders going was fighting with his hands down is pretty much what ended the night for him because in the eighth round Probably, I thought he won the first. I thought he won the first minute of that round, and then he missed. He missed Canelo with I think it was a right hook, and then he put his head down, thinking Canelo was coming back with uh, more of a, a straight uppercut, and Canelo just timed him perfectly and just obliterated his right his right eye socket, uh, his orbital bone. Um, I mean, he was looking like Glenn from Walking Dead. Oh he God, was... yeah. Um, he was hurt. He he didn't get knocked. He didn't get knocked down. So I mean, he really gritted out that last two minutes. But that was probably the that was probably the most fun round. One of the most fun rounds we've had in boxing here. Mm-hmm. You know, since the pandemic. In a year, Cause you had, yeah. Because you had seventy three thousand people, and Canelo was you know was doing the whole uh, you know thing. With he, his hands, Canelo knew that he hurt round. Saunders, and so yeah. Saunders was. Even though the ring was 22 feet, Saunders found the friggin' ropes and was back against them. And Canelo knew that Saunders were hurt, so he was 
you know, do, pumping up the crowd in between his flurry of punches. And Saunders at that point was just trying to get to the stool, basically. <laughs> you, you, um, basically you basically could have played our intro music to what he was doing. It would have been perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, definitely stirring up the crowd. Yeah, and so end of the eighth round, they're they're on their stools getting ready to come out, and uh, Billy Joe didn't come out. Canelo, Canelo wins... He's now three the three belt champion. All that's uh, all that's left is the I, IBF. So, um, sweet I, hands plant. Yeah, Caleb. I, Caleb Sweet Hands. Yeah. So I had that was the, your nickname I, in college, wasn't it? Oh, Drew, Drew Sweet Hands. You know it, baby. Oof. Many many women love that nickname. Um, <laughs> and men. Oof. Damn straight. On the intramural court. Yippee skippy. Uh, yeah. So I had I had the scored fight. I had the fight. Sorry, the fight scored through eight rounds. Now I got you all flustered. Oh man, uh, I had it seventy-eight, seventy-six, Canelo. You had it seventy. Oh no, I guess that can't be right. I maybe I had it seventy-six, seventy-five. I had it six rounds to two. No, no, no had I had it, it seventy. Yeah, I had it seventy-seven, seventy-five, Canelo. You had it seventy-six. Seven. You had a four, you had a four round gap. Yeah, so you had it 78 right, yeah. or 76, 72, yeah, 78, 78, 74. Dude, I don't know. This is why I, I let you do the cards <laughs> on the Twitter because I just, I, I get lost in the sauce. Trying 78, to the 74, we'll call it. Yeah, so you had, you had four, Rick can help four rounds. I gave, I gave the one swing, I, I gave one swing round to Saunders and another round. I didn't think it was a swing round. I, I thought Saunders won it hands down. Um, I thought it was a swing round, but the, 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 the judges, yeah, see, so. They had both the, our scores. The scores, there was uh, one guy had 77-75. That was mine. And the other two had 78-74, 78-74. Yeah, which was yours. And, so, um, so, they saw, so they saw the fight the same way we did. Yeah, and so like a lot of the British fans and uh, were, were in Twitter afterwards, oh, this fight was at worst even. Billy was ahead. No and, way. And we're just like, what fight were you again because billy was able to land some clean shots on canelo which never happens they were amplified and they like augmented people's like thoughts of like oh my gosh he's he's really uh, getting to him i mean and and maybe mannix's scorecard had people like yeah skewed because man mannix had saunders up three rounds which is embarrassing Um, yeah no i think he had him up six two that's even more embarrassing. Yeah, Manix uh, Manix's card was out of left field. And and what's he, what and when you really get down to it, when you go to our our buddy Dan's uh, CompuBox scores, uh, like even in those close rounds in the fourth round, like Canelo actually was outlanding Saunders when it looked like Saunders was outlanding him. So yeah, so so I have that here. So and I and that's a good leading. So I wanted to bring that up. So um, yeah, give the, us the round to, by round. So, okay, well here, I, I let me give you the whole thing. So the total punches. This is a fight that. A lot of people thought were even, but the judges did not, and we did not think it was even. So the total punches, Canelo landed 73, and Saunders landed 60. Saunders landed 21%, Canelo landed 35%. Power punches, uh, Canelo landed 58 with a 53% clip, and Saunders landed 30 to 26% clip. I mean, just, just pummeling shots. Yeah. Round round by round, um, Saul Alvarez took took one, two, and three. He seven to five. This is connects seven to five, eleven to nine, and nine to five. So, no one was a swing round, but but uh, Alvarez did out- outland him. Uh, round four was fifteen to five. Canelo, big round. 
Um, and then is when uh, Saunders started to find his rhythm and drop his hands and land a bunch of punches in five, six, seven. Saunders had uh, 11 to six, 10 to eight, and 10 to four. And then in the eighth round, uh, Canelo outlanded him 13 five. It was another big round for Canelo. And that's where he, he just shattered the guy's face. And so, yeah. I mean, I, t- I tweeted it out and somebody liked it. I said, you know, hey, look at this compu box, plus the fact that, you know, uh, he shattered this guy's orbital bone. He left in the ambulance. Where we come from, that's called an ass kicking. And that's exactly what Canelo showed up and did. He kicked his friggin' ass. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, you know what? Saunders, yeah, he hit him some. There's no doubt there. He was in, and that's, there. I mean, that's really good. I mean, Canelo's. With, especially well, yeah. under Eddie I, Reynoso is like be, the I'd, best I'd, defensive fighter probably in boxing right now. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. And I guess I I don't really know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misspeaking. I'd be curious to see through eight rounds how many boxers in the of his last six opponents have landed thirty power shots on him. Yeah, yeah, not a lot. Have or sixty total shots, not a lot. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I, that's that's a great question, but um, man. Canelo kicked his ass. And so then it was the whole question of, oh, well, he quit. Oh, how could you quit? And and then it was like, look, he had a shattered orbital bone. That was the right decision. Like, you can't you can't go out there. <laughs> when your eye is swelled completely shut and you have multiple broken bones in your orbital bone, you, you can't go back out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't – the corner The corner called the fight, um, which, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you don't really know who called the fight, but the corner said they called it. The that that fight wouldn't have won another round. Like the ref would have, no. the ref would have stopped the fight because Saunders wouldn't have been. Saunders couldn't even open his right eye. They would have called him over. It would. They would have. Yeah, they would have done the finger test. The, um, yeah, it, it would have been a wrap regardless. Another so, thing you were famous for in college. <laughs> you are on fire. Um. um so but, I, Drew, though, uh, let me hit you with this. Go ahead. So so. Uh, uh, Saunders gets the pass because it would have been idiotic for him to come back over, except for uh, when this guy um, Dubois or Dubois don't know how it's pronounced, but oh, God, um, right. this guy um, injured his eye in the exact same way in 2020, mm-hmm. and Billy Joe came out and said, "This was listen to Billy Joe's quotes about the guy who had his orbital bone shattered had to quit." He said, fighters get in that ring, and we know what's on the line. Every fighter needs to understand, and the fans need to understand that. In the past, we've seen a lot of tragedies in boxing. Death's in the ring. Before I go on one knee, I'd like to go out on my back with my pulse stopped. It goes even more. Everyone has their own thought process in the ring and what went on in the ring. I don't know. He obviously felt he could not continue. You look at the greats, the eyes, the face. We get through that. That's the path in life we choose for a living. We punch people in the face and get punched in the face. Okay, fine. Hold on. Gets even worse. If my two eye sockets were broken, my jaw was broken, my teeth were out, my nose was smashed, my brain was beaten, I was not stopping until I was knocked out or worse. I don't agree with the man taking the knee and letting the ref count him out. That's what happened with Dubois. He couldn't see, so he took a knee and got counted. But <laughs> Billy Joe is saying, I you, I gotta be dead, you know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> And not basically, he's, he not, says right. It did, it did he says right end. there, yeah. 
so, you know or age well sorry uh, yeah that did not yeah. age well so that's why people were calling him out like i mean he says right here before i go on one knee i'd like to go on my back with my pulse stop maybe maybe i guess sitting on your butt on the stool doesn't count it's going down on one knee <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. and I, that's why I, I don't even know i i even though i kind of i was close to predicting that type of ending like i, I said he would go to the cards or I said there's gonna be there was gonna be a moment in the fight when Canelo was gonna hurt him, and his will and his heart were gonna be tested, and there's a good chance just at all just kind of the way he's kind of he kind of handled himself leading into the fight, there was a shot that he was just gonna quit and uh, quit on the stool. I think I said sixth or seventh round, and it actually happened in the eighth. Um, yep. So not a not a terrible call for me for a guy who's I think, yeah absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, in, no, in really good. Actually, I've been, on, I've been, I've been pretty on the money with. Yeah, you know, you've you, you've bounced back since since your little little bad streak. You, yeah, you've been, eh, you, yeah, you're on a little bit of a. Of a Wait good, till well good next now. well next week next week I'm going 180 on my pick, but um, yeah, like I said, it was a fun fight though. Like I said, it went it didn't go the distance, but that's fine. There wasn't a crushing knockout, but I mean that shot he landed, and then the you know the the last two minutes of the round were pretty exciting. So it was fun as hell. Yeah, that so was, I dug good, it. Good fight. Um, yeah, and so now, now oh, and then the after the 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 post interview where uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Arande Adande, Andre. Yeah, Andrade or Andrade. Andrade, I think is as how you pronounce it. He's a champion at one one sixty. Who's fought nobody? He's out there like he's in a press the press room calling out Canelo, and Canelo's basically just like telling him to get the f out of here, man. And he's like, "You want a payday? You want a payday?" It was really funny because Canelo's usually kind of you know reserved a lot of the time, but he he was just going off on that guy, so it was great. Um, yeah, that aunt, aunt Demetrius Andre, um, and it, yeah, exactly. He was telling Canelo, "You haven't fought anybody. Come fight me." I mean, dude, you're what? Yeah, it was it was anybody. it was embarrassing, and and Canelo was get the f out of here, man. This is my night. Yeah, like I was, it was. Oh, I mean, Billy, I guess I mean, that stuff's good nowadays for hype, but um, you know, it was stupid. Yeah, Billy Billy Joe made fifteen million dollars for the fight, all in fifteen. Kate. Oh, I, I th- thought I saw like six or seven or eight. Fifteen. Wow. I think that was his his purse. I'm pretty sure I just saw fifteen million was the latest. Hell of a payday. I think well, I mean, if you wanted a real number, this isn't the podcast for you. But I, I'm pretty sure my half-assed Twitter uh, feed said 15 million was the final number he'll end up taking in. But wow, if I'm awesome. wrong, I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's eight million. Maybe I'm lying. Yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, ni- nice, nice penny. Actually, um, it was Coppinger, I think that uh, tweeted. So okay, I'll I'll, I'll fact check that while we uh, while we continue. But that leaves so that so we got we're gonna see. One of three fights now here in September. So Canelo's already got his date. He's already got the, September. He's fighting. That's already locked. That's not moving. Uh, he's not fake, fake, uh, fake pay per view guys that think they run the show but have to move their date twenty five times uh, to try to try to get a, a good spot for themselves. Um, the obvious opponent's going to be Ko Plant. Uh, sweet hands. I yeah, kinda, you got to go fight Plant. Is it is it ridiculous if I spend thirty bucks on this Caleb Plant sweet hands snapback hat? I kind of want it. Why? Just so he could go get get his ass kicked by Canelo, and because then you it, could just have some dude's hat. Because it just says sweet hands, and I have sweet hands. So <laughs> okay, yeah, that is that was no. It literally good. doesn't have his name on it. It literally says sweet hands in this cool uh, 
in this cool thing going on. Thirty here. bucks, buy it. I should. I should. I mean, I've spent money on way worse. Um, All right. So e- either him or yeah, so Caleb. So Caleb will be Caleb playing for the IBF, and then it'll be that there'll be an undisputed at first time ever undisputed champion at one sixty eight. Yeah, Canelo wants to be undisputed all four belts at one sixty eight. So. Um, and or if that if Plant decides to fight somebody else first, and he's not going to make September, then I think we're going to get a triple G trilogy. And triple, yeah. but triple, but triple G is going to have to move up. Canelo's not moving down. Yeah, honestly, if if Sweet Hands goes and fights somebody else, I I, I think Canelo takes on a chump because he didn't unify those three belts just to go drop them to triple g or i mean i don't think he's, if if, yeah. if if the other one that, that people are discussing which is Charla. the fight that needs to be made uh benavidez 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 yeah i well the third my third name is going to be charlo, charlo? He's, not, he's not yeah he's not fighting benavidez yeah uh is charlo 168 no, but he's he's on he he's he's already said he's he he'd move up to fight Canelo. Everybody will move up to fight Canelo because they all want their payday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, there's no there's no uh, there's no there's no worry there. I, I think it'll be Plant. I think Plant. I I you know Plant Plant's just a tough dude. Like he's not he's not afraid of Canelo. Well, I mean, who knows? But he doesn't seem to be free, afraid of Canelo. I hope we get it September. It'll be a cool PVC and. Uh, and the zone can do a cool a cool collaborative uh, promotion for it, which would be pretty wild. Um, we talked about it after Plant's last fight against Caleb Truez. Um, I I don't. He's exciting because he throws a lot of combinations. He's got really fast hands and he's aggressive offensively. The problem is by by doing that, he he really gives up a lot and a lot of openings, and and he he sacrifices a lot on the defensive end. And when you're fighting such a smart counter puncher defensive fighter like like Canelo, I I just don't see how how you can beat him. So I I think Canelo wins that fight. It's it's going to be closer to the um, Callum Smith fight than it will be to, I don't know. to the I Billy don't... Joe Saunders fight. I <sighs> Billy Joe was the best competition, I think. Well, I think I think yeah i I think I think Plant might be more more like his like calum smith didn't do anything like he, know, he, i'm he, just saying yeah. he's not going to be as good as as billy joe yeah we'll see i i think billy joe was was the, the best shot at 168 against canelo be well in. i think benavidez is quite honestly um but yeah he's he's so yeah we'll see i he, he would get his ass kicked just because he's his defensive game is not there but if he mounted i mean billy joe was able to get in on Canelo with a good jab and almost yeah. no combos. And Benavidez is, is long and if he could get in on the jab and then follow it with combos, that could be that could be some Yeah, things. he could I mean he could I mean he's got the ability to hurt Canelo and he's got a he's got those long ass arms too, so uh, Yeah, be... but but he's not ready, but it's the fight that should happen. Anyway, um yeah. so that's 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 where we are with Canelo the the number 1 pound for pound. Um and I just wanted to bring this up too cuz I know that uh unless, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on canelo uh i was just gonna say people the one person we were tweeting with that said that 
DAZN, you know, Canelo should go to PBC. DAZN is terrible at promoting. There, there a lot, a lot of people didn't even know Canelo was fighting last week. If you, you didn't insane? know that Canelo, if you didn't know that Canelo wasn't fighting last week, then you're just a you're just a loser. How, how could you not know he was fighting? It was everywhere. Yeah, that's just some every... that's just some salty like, celebrities people. everywhere talking oh about it. Oh my god, yeah. yeah, that's just some salty PBC fanboy that like. Yeah, once, it was. once everybody and their mother um, the So, j- before we move on from boxing, no big fights this weekend. No. But um, Ryan Garcia needs to take some mental health time, I guess. So, he's out. He said he wanted to fight all the best fighters. Then he took a fight with Fortuna, not not the best fighters, yeah. in July. And now he's backing out of that for mental health reasons. Um, and I guess people are all pissed at him. So, we don't know, like, the true story. But... Um, Jojo Diaz said he's going to, he'll, he's step in and he's going to fight on short notice. He's going to fight, uh, I guess it's, he'll have six weeks, but, um, he's going to fight Fortuna. He's going to step in at Ryan Garcia's, uh, place, which Jojo Diaz several episodes back, you know, he fought and was it in Russia? Rakamov. No, yeah. no. Okay. Was... He fought Rakamov and he didn't have his sauna and he couldn't make weight and stuff. And we were, we were dogging him and. He was saying he didn't want to dehydrate himself, and we were dogging him. And then the next week, Birchelt came out and did dehydrate himself and got taken out on a, in an ambulance. And I was like, well, maybe JoJo Diaz. Anyway, so now JoJo Diaz is trying to get back on the horse. He's going to come I mean, in, in July. <laughs> I'm giving him credit for taking a fight on short notice. He I th- he will get a six a six week camp in, but yeah, yeah, not, you're still I'm... not giving him well, credit. Well, first, well, first, well, first off, where when you're talking about those guys, like he did dehydrate, like. How about you like be prepared before you even get to the scales to like make yeah. weight, you know, like maybe that. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what I mean. What's the what's the big? I mean, he's 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 moving up a weight class where he was already kind of at like one. It's not gonna be hard for him to make one thirty five, and it's not like it's not like he's stepping in to fight Loma or like Haney. Like no, he's fighting like the he's fighting like the eighth ranked guy at one thirty five. Still, I'm so. just saying he he saw yeah, an opening I, and just stepped in. So I, I'm 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 just saying I'm opening the door. Yeah, we'll see. I what mean, he nobody does. nobody nobody that matters at one thirty is fighting him anyway. So yeah, I'm opening the door. We'll we'll see. Yeah, what that's happens. fine. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he'll probably win. Um, yeah, yeah, he should. All right. Anyway, enough of boxing. Um. Big news in the NBA this week. Russell Westbrook oh, became we're still, we're still wasting time with this nonsense. The all-time triple-double record holder. Yay. 182 Yay. career triple-double du- triple doubles. Um 3 years in a row he averaged a triple-double before last year and he's averaging a, a triple-double with 11 points and 11 rebounds um 11 as part of the triple Oh, sorry. Yeah, not eleven points. Eleven rebounds and eleven assists um, this year. So, some gaudy numbers for sure. Um, why don't you get, go ahead and 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 give your opinion on that? Because I I got as a pruder that. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Listen, well, why don't you care? I, I just don't care. It's like, all right, cool. Like you're he he has a style of play where he just completely takes over every possession. Um, you know, he doesn't like I, to me his assists are just like whatever okay he just dribbles 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 and then you know hopefully passes out to somebody op- is open that'll hit a shot like i don't I, he doesn't create a ton from the games that i watch him um you know in okc he was getting all these rebounds because he was not he wasn't guarding anybody he wasn't or he was leaving his defender 
while Steven Adams was boxing guys out, and he'd come in and steal Steven Adams' rebounds. Like, there's film of this. Like, you can go to YouTube and find this stuff. Like, I'm not being a hater and making it up. Uh, for I mean, our, he still for, does it. For, yeah, for our boy Teddy, who thinks that's, like, nonsense. Like, those are real things, like, that people have brought up. Um, listen, I love the fire he plays with. Uh, I love that he plays hard. But, like, the mentality that he plays with, like, it, it also is the death of him because he doesn't know how to be a winning basketball player in the last three minutes of a game. And that's, to me what matters like get all the triple w's you want you haven't won a first round playoff series in how many years and he didn't he didn't play in half the games against okc last year so he no he doesn't get credit for that um if he played i don't even think he might not even played in any of those games i can't remember but he definitely missed half with an injury uh you know down down 50 to the lakers in an elimination game you know, yelling at them that they, they need to double team him. Like, no, dude, they want you to shoot the basketball. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a win for you to shoot the basketball, bro. Like, I, you know, it, it again, win, win a playoff. And people are like, oh, like, you're hating on him because, you know, ch- not everybody wins chips. I'm like, dude, I just want him to win in the first round. Like, he, they were, they, they had the better team and they lost to friggin' Ricky Rubio because Ricky Rubio, like, got in his head. Then they had the better team and then they lost to Dame. Uh, you know, just you know, win win a friggin' playoff series. He had two two. He had Oladipo and Sabonis on his team, but because of the bullshit way he plays, they were basically considered like losers. And then they leave him, and they become all stars when they actually get the ball and actually get to run in some offense when it's not the rush show. It's a friggin' rush show. Like I, I just don't care. It it's fine. Like cool. Like get all your triple doubles, but you know you're not, you're not gonna win shit. And I'm fully prepared for them to win this bullshit play-in and to upset the Sixers. By the way, in the first round, I am fully, <laughs> I am fully prepared for that because you won't find me. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, whatever, man. I it to me, it's it's nonsense. Like, yeah. Just... So, so uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, uh, start with the good for me. I, I he has, you know, kind of like the old school tough guy mentality. Just wants to win. Um, even though, like to your point, doesn't necessarily do that a lot in the postseason. Um, I have a soft spot. <laughs> this is ridiculous, but I don't care. I have a soft spot for guys with no tattoos <laughs> because I just think that's like that's like the trendy thing in the NBA and kind of in society. It's just like, oh, let me just fill myself up with tattoos. So, I kind of have a soft spot for guys who go counterculture. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I just like it. it just kind of like looks clean and and he always he always beats to his own rhythm you know with his uh fashion and everything else anyway he was doing that before like that became mainstream um so i just kind of like him um plus i always think about them at the time his like head got his cheek got dented in in. that was wild um but like on the flip side, like he never took the time in the summers or any time to really develop a, a efficient jump shot. So that that's a big knock. Um, when it comes to the actual statistics, to your point, it's all of the stats in this era are inflated. The they the uh, Saber metrics have told them that do more possessions. So there's more of everything. There's more points to be had there's more assists to be had there's more rebounds to be had there's more jumpers being well i can't not not necessarily statistically but like there's more people at different at at like the forward positions and center position positions shooting more jumpers and so to your point when these assists 
you can just swing the ball around the perimeter and someone is just going to rip a three and whatever the their percentage is because there's more volume there's going to they're going to hit hit more and so he's going to have more volume of assists that way on just like catch and shoot threes from whoever mm-hmm. and to your point on the rebounds there's not like the contested rebounds and I know they have stats for contested rebounds and I didn't study those stats for for the purposes of this discussion but like wrong podcast yeah his his teammates box out and he's guarding off off ball and he comes down and snags the rebound okay like that's fine cool. like yeah, Cole did <laughs> so uh, all of that is swirling in my head and I'm like well you know what he's the one that's averaging it nobody else is averaging a triple double he is so like maybe he is that awesome you know and then i then that made me think like okay but like is aren't like everybody and their brother is getting at least like one triple double so i decided to zapruder the triple doubles and so that made me think like well how many are happening in the season overall and how what's his share of the triple doubles yeah because maybe he's getting so many that the total number is just inflated. And then compare that to – he passed Oscar Robertson. So I'm like, well, maybe – like, how many did Oscar Robertson have as a percentage of the league? So I actually went back and crunched these numbers. Crunch them, baby. And so I'm going to start with Russ. Uh, and so just, just to let everybody know – this season is the most triple doubles ever in a season, 134 total so far. Um, number two was the 2018-2019 season. Number three was 2016-2017. Number four was the 2017-2018. Number five was the 2019-2020. Um, number six was at one in the 80s. Number seven was 2015-2016. Um, anyway, so... Starting in 2014-2015, there was 46 total triple-doubles. Russell Westbrook had 11, and so he had 23.9% of the triple-doubles that year. And just going sequentially up until this year, 75 total in the league. Russ had 18. He had 24%. In 16-17, there was 117 triple-doubles. He had 42. uh, He had 35.8% of the league's triple-doubles. Next year, 108, he had 25, he had 23%. The next year, 127, he had 34, that's 26.7%. The next year, which was which was last year, the shortened season, there was 100 total, he had 8. That's That was his one year in Houston. So he had 8%, very low number. And then this year, um, 134 is the total, that's the record. Uh, he had 35, which is 26%. So he through his career... Eight was the low, but he's sitting in that like twenty four to twenty eight percent. Sounds his his high was thirty five point eight, thirty five point nine percent. Sounds like you just read me off his three point and uh, two point field goal percentages. Yeah, exactly, or free throw percentages. <laughs> so um, now, conversely, Oscar Robertson, starting in nineteen sixty sixty one, fifty one total. He had twenty five for forty nine percent. Sounds like a lot more. Yep. And so, and just going down, this starts at 60, 61, 61, 62, all the way to 66. So um, the next year, 63 total, he had 41, 65% of the triple doubles. 38 the next year, he had 20, 52%. The next year, there was 41, he had 26, 63%. 
The next year was 28. He had 22. 78.5% of the league's triple-doubles he had. Mm. Then the next year, 33. He had 13. 39%. So the only year he even went below 40% was his last that last year I, I read off. He was at 49, 50%, 60, 78% compared to Russ doing like 24, 25% every year. So, well, you know, those guys, those guys were working part-time at Home Depot after games. That's true. So all I'm getting at is the stats are inflated. And as a percentage, Oscar Robertson was doing things in his league that others weren't doing. Whereas Russell Westbrook is too, but not to the same level that, that Big O was. Big O was doing things that others in his league just weren't doing at the time. So take that for what it's worth. I thought, again, that was my thought process of, okay, you know, well, nobody else is doing what he's doing in this era, but I guess there are more triple doubles, et cetera, et cetera. That's the stats. You decide, um, like I said, it's all inflated right now, and it's still awesome. But I think all of your criticisms are valid. So, uh, um. yeah, man. You know, and uh, every it's, it's funny when everybody's like, everyone's like, oh, all these guys, all these guys he's played with, they all say he's a great teammate. That's their boy. I'm like, well, funny they all can't they all can't get away from him fast enough. So funny how that all works out. They all love playing with him, but they all like want to get get to get very far away from him. So yeah. Um, we'll see. Did you want to mention something about the NBA Hall of Fame? Yeah, no, I just wanted to give a shout out so everybody knows the the 2020. Uh, well, I guess it's actually the 2019 class. Last it was supposed to be last year's class, but because of COVID, it got canceled. But um, yeah, the 20 class of 2020 is getting inducted this weekend. Um, I can't find the time. It's either 2:30 or 5:30, depending on the coast. But uh, you know, it's probably you know. Near and dear to me is the late late Kobe Bryant. Obviously, he's getting inducted. Michael, his wife and Michael Jordan are going to be doing his induction speech, which should be interesting. I kind of was hoping Shaq was going to do it, but uh, it should be should be interesting uh, to hear what Mike has to say. But not only that, but you also have Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett getting in, which man, this may be the most outside of the dream team getting put in together um, as like the dream team. This may be one of the best Hall of Fame classes of all time, if not the best, with those three guys. So, you know, you got definitely a lot of championships, championships, MVPs, Finals MVPs. Uh, I always kind of, I always kind of think KG was a little overrated, but yeah, yeah as do I. That's probably me, just because more cause me being he, a hater. More, yeah, yeah well, more because he was a fake tough guy, and I, yep. I hate, you know, yeah, I hate fake tough guys. But Duncan, Duncan, sneaky, probably like the greatest player of all time and we just don't want to accept it <laughs> he really probably is like it's so yeah. funny um, <laughs> he's so good and people just forget because they didn't talk um just how great and dominant that that, that timmy d was um so it's gonna be cool like i said i think it's i i think it's 5 30 but it, maybe it starts at 2 30 so but it's on saturday it's probably on nba tv espn might do something so i just wanted to uh just wanted to highlight that as a you know as probably Kobe's biggest fan should be, yeah. uh, should be just um, just as gut wrenching as everything else has been. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right, uh, just wanted to touch on this real quick. Um, Medina Spirit, Medina, Medina, Funky Cool Medina. Um, so this is the horse that won the Kentucky Derby, and then 
got caught cheating, which I guess is Bob Baffert. Um, I guess this is his fifth time caught cheating in the past like couple of years. And he's blaming cancel culture that like, I didn't hear, which shame on me. I didn't hear the exact quote and people are just saying he's blaming cancel culture. So shame on me if that's not actually what he said, but like, I'm just reading the headlines of him saying he didn't blame me cancel culture. And it's just, dude, the horse, you cheated. Like the, <laughs> it's just called rules, man. Uh, dude, I love it. Man. It's like he, 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 Oh God. Yeah. It's like he cheated and it's somebody else's fault. That that's, that's society now. Like you, something, right, you do exactly. something wrong and it's somebody else's fault. So like the, uh, the shop, the shoplifter that uh, got arrested two feet from me in uh, in Target on Sunday. It was everybody else's fault, but his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's just fun. All kinds of fun. Yep. All right, I am pumped for this next thing. What do you NHL got for playoff preview and predictions. Drew, we're at the end of the NHL season. I'm not even going to recap all the awards. That's not my thing. I I picked Connor McDavid at the beginning of the year, and I know that one's going to hit. Um, it hit city. Pittsburgh did end up winning that division. I thought maybe that Washington was going to hang on or overtake Pittsburgh, and that did not happen. And I did say that Crosby should merit some MVP votes if that happens, but it's still probably going to be McDavid. Anyway, you know, all the rest of the trophies, you know, good luck to all those people. But um, I looked at all the matchups, and I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go round by round what I think is going to happen here, Drew. Okay. And I, I picked these almost almost primarily based on storylines. Um, so in the Mass Mutual East Division, I'm gonna go with that first. It's it's the Penguins versus the Islanders. Islanders, again, Barry Trotz, the coach, plays defensive style. You know they're not real flashy. They always give the the Penguins fits in the postseason. Um, but they're trending in the wrong direction right now, and Pittsburgh is getting healthy. I'm going to say Pitt wins that in five. Uh, Boston versus Washington. Boston could end up taking this whole division. I'm going to say, again, I'm going off of the scenarios I want to see. I'm going Washington wins that in seven in a tough tough series, um, which will set up uh, Pittsburgh versus Washington, Crosby versus Ovechkin. One last time, which, heck, maybe we, we will get a couple more times, but this could very well be the last time we see these guys in a big-time playoff matchup going against each other while they're both still, not at the height of their powers, but very, very productive players. Right. Um, I'm going to say that that goes to seven, and Pittsburgh pulls it out in seven. Um, to, and Pittsburgh's going to take the Mass Mutual East division as, as one of the final four candidates. The Discover Central Division ended up being a sneaky deep division this year. Carolina actually ended up winning the division. They're going to go up against number four, Nashville. Um, Nashville can do some things, even though they were well below those other three. Uh, I'm going to say Carolina takes that in five or six. I'll actually go with six. Um, and then a sneaky matchup, Florida versus Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay on paper is just absolutely incredible. Uh, they they won the cup last year. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be an epic battle of Florida. Um, but I'm actually going to go with the Florida Panthers and I'm going to give the slight head nod two factors. One, I just think it's hard to go back to back, um, which this is only a first round matchup, but, um, uh, I think that, you know, it's just with COVID and they won it all and everything. It's just a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then Florida, the Joe Quinville effect. I mean, he he hasn't been there long, and he already look at what he's already done. Um, and I know they're missing, you know, arguably their best player. Um, but I'm gonna say Florida takes it in seven, um, which will set up Carolina versus Florida. Um, you know, if if you love hockey, you're gonna love the matchup. But you know, casuals kind of will be like, why the hell do these teams even have ice hockey? Anyway, I'm gonna take Florida in seven versus Carolina again with the Quinville factor. Um, I just I, I don't know, just just going on on a uh, feel there. Okay. Um, and then the Honda West division. This was the best division in hockey. Um, this is Vegas was the one going up against St. Louis, uh, who won the cup two years ago. Um, and then Colorado versus Minnesota. I'm going to go Vegas in five over St. Louis. And even though Minnesota is tough as nails, I'm going to say Colorado dispatches them in five as well to set up what I'm dubbing as what I expect to be the best series of the playoff Vegas versus Colorado. Both these teams have been building. Colorado has been really building, and Vegas has been knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door for oh, a couple seasons now since they got in the league. Um, I'm going to say it's just an epic matchup, and Vegas takes it in seven, um, which leads us to the Scotia North as our final uh, final spot for the final four. Um, Toronto versus Montreal, as uh, Jimmy B dropped me a line. First time they've faced in the playoffs since 1979. That's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm going to take Toronto in six there. And then Edmonton versus Winnipeg. At first I had Edmonton, but, you know, I'm taking Winnipeg in seven. Um, and I'm. It, it's gonna. this is going to be a weird series. Um, I expect them to get rough with McDavid. I do expect them to overcome a lot. I'm going to say McDavid has twice as many points as any other player in, in the series. And he almost has as many points as Winnipeg has goals in the series. And, but Winnipeg yet wins it in seven. And, and, and the, the story there is going to be just McDavid is so frustrated. Does he want out, et cetera? Like, like how can he just continue to be a one man team? Well, him and dry is a two man team, et cetera. Um, so that, that's where I'm picking there. And then Toronto versus Winnipeg, Boy, you can see Winnipeg really, really getting rough and taking Toronto out. But I'm going to say Toronto sticks with it, um, and they, Toronto wins in six. They actually play tomorrow, which could factor into my next matchup. So if if Winnipeg beats Toronto, Toronto actually I will be the four seed of the final four, which means they would play Vegas and Pittsburgh would play Florida. And that's the scenario I'm going to assume. But it could flip-flop if Toronto could could go over uh, over Pittsburgh. I'm going to say um, right now, Vegas versus Toronto. I think Toronto is going to, um, like I said, beat Winnipeg. They're going to be riding high, getting to the Final Four. Then Vegas is going to come in and smack them in five games just because Vegas, even though they, they'd be coming out of a grueling series with Colorado – Smack them, he says. Yeah, I, I think they're going to bring Toronto back. After Toronto was in that puff cake, you know, uh, uh, cupcake powder puff division all year, Vegas beats them in five. Okay. And then Pittsburgh versus uh, Quinville. Um, so I think that, you know, they're, that's, that's going to kind of uh, rear its head again. And. Uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in six to set up the absolute 
battle. Talk about storylines. Vegas versus Pittsburgh. The Mark andre Fleury classic. Uh, you know, I think Pittsburghers would just love to see this. I'm going to take Vegas in seven over Pittsburgh. I'm going to say Mark andre Fleury plays amazingly in game seven uh, and, and shuts, shuts the Penguins down the one goal. And Vegas wins 3-1 in game seven with, with an empty net goal. Um, and Vegas finally pushes it across the finish line after, you know, l- last couple of years not being able to do so. And then the offseason storyline is, hey, this last uh, new franchise w- took them a couple of years. They won the cup in short order. And now here come the Seattle Kraken, another new franchise. And it's all about the new franchises in the offseason. So the Kraken. The Kraken. Release the Kraken. So that's that's what I think. If it's flipped and it's it's Vegas versus Pitt and Toronto versus Florida, then I'll take Vegas over Florida, and I'll take Vegas to beat Pittsburgh in six or seven in the semis, and Vegas to smack Florida in in five or six in the in the in the finals. But anyway, that's kind of kind of how I see it, and I'm excited. Like I, there's so like imagine a playoffs where we get Crosby, Ovechkin, Vegas, and Colorado. Florida and Tampa Bay in in the first round, um, and then what? Everything that's going to go on up in Canada. Connor McDavid trying to put a team on his back. I cannot wait. It's going to be a season. I I didn't know how the heck this was going to pan out. I am so pumped for these NHL playoffs. I cannot wait to watch them unfold. You know who I think is going to win? Who? Sidney fucking Crosby. Yeah, yeah. Been picking him, yeah. been picking him every year for the last fifteen years. All right, you were right three times. That's right. That's, um, a, that's about as good as Russell Westbrook's uh, triple double percentage. So I'll take it. Yeah, uh, great, fan friggin'tastic. Okay, um, so that leads us up to everybody's favorite minute of the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, the pit stop. The pit stop. Uh, sorry, I think my I think my volume uh, got messed up there. I didn't sound excited. Yeah, I know that. That's all right. We'll fix it. Um. Okay. In five, four, three, two, one. I was I was waiting for the go. Sorry. Do it again. Go. <laughs> you you always say go. Go. Ha! Darlington last week, 1.3 mile egg shape. Went, went, boring until there was 35 laps to go. And then Kyle Larson made it a little bit of a nail biter. We still had Truix. He, he pulled it out. He ended up leading 248 of 293 laps, 7.5 to 1, our fifth win out of 12 raises. Let's go. This week, Dover, Delaware, the Monster Mile. Um, it is a one mile with steep banking. I'm expecting kind of like last week, just a snoozer. Maybe it'll be interesting at the end. We are going with the favorites this week. Truex is three and a half to one. Larson's four and a half to one. Harvick is seven to one. And then our long shot is Logano 16 to one. How'd I do? Cool. 46 seconds. And that's including the uh, nine seconds that I didn't take off or you stuttering on yourself. Uh, Dover, Delaware has this really cool, like monster, like, I, I tweeted it out. It's like this big, like, rock troll, cave troll thing, like, popping out of the, the stadium. Love it. It's, it's pretty awesome. And uh, so look at, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
Looking forward to adding another win. And just to let everybody know, typically, like, at this point in the season in NASCAR, like, one one or two or three guys are winning all the races. And there's, like, out of 12 races, there's, like, eight different winners so far. It's eight or nine different winners. It's It's been a crazy year in NASCAR, so fun times. Crazy. All right. Let's do the parlay. Let's do it. All right. Um, my brother phoned a friend and he said it and he's taking the Sixers to cover t- Friday night tomorrow. Um, which I, I screwed up the parlay last week. I had the over in that hockey. I wanted to do one more hockey game and I had the over. It was five goals going into the third for the Capitals and the Capitals needed to win. So I'm like, oh, this is money in the bag. No, money in the bank. And I, I was like, no, they, they, they did not. So we, we, I lost us the parlay. That's all right. And you, you and my brother hit, um, but my, yeah, Tori's going with, um, Sixers to cover. What are you going with? Uh, Oh God. I, after tonight, I would, I don't know that I would, uh, pick them right now. They're, they're flailing. Um, I am going to take the jazz over OKC. No lines yet are open, but they got to win. I'm going to take them. Take them to cover. They've uh, been covering uh, a lot this uh, year. Uh, and OKC's lost like maybe 25 in the last 26, but they're not telling their fans that they're taking, so it's okay. Like the NBA is not going to intervene and put people in place in the front office to fix it because they didn't tell anybody. But they've lost like 26 out of 27 games. Just, just so everyone knows that's okay, and that's good for basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Side rant. Uh, I'm going to take the San Francisco Giants to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, they are currently money line minus 150, so we going with that. I like it. So we got the Sixers to cover, the Jazz to cover, and the Giants to beat the Pirates. I like that. I like this new Venom uh, sequel trailer. God, Tom Hardy's just cool. Yeah, all right. Um so that's about it for beer one. Let me take my last swig. Live by oh, the two, sword, two die by swigs. the sword. Okay. I'm definitely going to need a, a, a new... Oh, crap. I picked this beer up upside down. It's definitely going to spray in my face. Spray All right. It, baby. Spray it. Assume positions. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, it did not spray. Thank God. Um, I'm taking it easy. Uh, all day IPA session ale. You guys have heard me talk about this one before. It's a good go-to, 4.7%. Just old, old faithful. After that big old 8% double IPA. So, um, you doing another El Segundo? Double up stutter, baby. I I heard that crack. It was it sounded luscious. It tastes luscious. <sighs> okay, well, I guess this is the part where. Um, I guess I have consequences this week because you had better moms than I did. That's that's true. Well, and to be fair, you only got to submit four because uh, there is no such person as Helen Griswold. Yeah, that was embarrassing. My number one, I totally put Helen instead of Ellen. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I, what was the, uh, we have the final results? You had 68%, I think. Ooh, okay. Yeah, 68, 32 uh 
from from what I could gather, Carmela Soprano and uh, Sophia from the Golden Girls pretty much locked it in for me. It it did. Uh, I guess Jenny from the league made me at least semi competitive. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll take that moral victory. And I knew I was kind of probably going to be out there on the island with with Helen slash Ellen Griswold. So. Oh man, Loma's eating a great steak right now. Oh my god. Focus, focus. Go ahead, bro. Hey, I'm not, I'm not the one that's got. So what, to, uh, what's, what's my consequences? Tell, tell uh, the world. Jordan's gonna have to sing the theme song, The Golden Girls, which is pretty much just a win for him. So it's not really a punishment because it's a great song. I well, here's my problem. I never, I have never seen one episode of The Golden Girls. So, I, I tried doing a little, little recon on this earlier today. I, this is gonna be interesting. So. I, I I'm gonna I, play the mu- I'm gonna play the theme song with the lyrics up here as I go. So this is how it's going down, karaoke style. I did not get good feedback on my singing of Neverending Story. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. All right, yes. we ready? Yes. I guess better now than ever. God, I don't even know this song. It's All right. Be great. Thank you for being a friend Travel down the road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant And if you threw a party You'd invited everyone you knew You would see the biggest gift would be from me And the card attached would say Thank you for being a friend And if you threw a party You'd invited everyone you knew You would see the gift would be And the sense it being a friend Woo! Well done. Yeah, I kind of stumbled on that last one. Yeah, that's my lack of watching that show. Uh, you missed a good one, bro. <sighs> yeah, sorry, everybody. It's all right. Any, anyway, speaking of lack of watching that show, everybody, he finally did it. Drew finally watched episode one of sure Yellowstone. Did. Yeah! And so, what'd you think? Uh, pretty solid episode. I will probably watch a second episode. Yes, that's that was my biggest question. Uh, tonight. Um. Okay, so what what did you let's what let's what did you think of all the what did you think of Kevin Costner's character? When uh, we first meet him, it's the very first scene. He is well, just climbing well, well, out of I'm a. Gonna, okay, okay. Yeah, what? you know, I, since it's fresh in my mind. Um, I, oh, I, I just thought, watched it too. I thought I thought the two bears that were trying. Well, when I first started watching, I was waiting to see the two bears that were trying to have a picnic on his land, and him try to kick them off, but that didn't happen. So two bears. Con- yeah, you know, you know, Yogi Bear. Yellow, oh. wasn't wasn't that, oh. wasn't that Yellowstone? It was Jellystone wasn't it? Oh, Jelly was it Jellystone? <laughs> Oh, dagger. There was a failed dad joke. Um, <laughs> anyway, so here's my recap of episode one. So the very first scene starts out with Kevin Costner uh, killing a guy and, more importantly, a horse. Um, 
a guy? Yeah, uh, in that car crash. It's like a big car track. It's crash. not implied that he caused the car wreck. It's just that he was in a car. He's climbing out of the car wreck. I mean, there's a dead guy. So there, yeah, but he, how do you know who caused it? Anyway, so Kevin Costner killed a guy and a horse, and okay. a bunch, a bunch of cops show up. But he found his cowboy hat, so nobody really seemed to care that he killed anybody. Um, <laughs> he so, didn't kill him. Okay, cool. So, uh, so that was the first scene, which was pretty badass. Uh, then his smoking, smoking hot daughter completely emasculates some dude to the point where he basically gives up his business to her firm. She's a mergers and acquisitions. I don't know that she's a lawyer, but she just works for a mergers and acquisitions. Or she she does works in the M and A department of a big company. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I was thoroughly aroused that entire scene i i thought you would be two cool. things on that they already had ownership in the guy's company and so they were like telling him yeah. what to do and he totally. was trying to fight it yeah. and they and she was like yeah you're about to go down if you don't do what i say but you know who that was that guy uh i know not, not with it was milton from from office beef the the, the was it guy. you sure yeah yeah because he, 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 he's gone on to do a couple serious roles. One of them was in 24, which is another one you need to watch. Okay. In a, a later season of 24. I'm 99% sure that was him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll challenge you on that. You can look that up while I do my All right, account. yeah, so, I will. Um, so, then, so then we go to a court, the courthouse, where uh, Kevin Costner's one son, um, who was the, played by the dude from um, – Oh God! What was that stupid? Uh, oh, the, the governor? No, who directed uh, Batman Walking again? Christian Nolan. That oh. Interstellar, that weird space one, space and time one with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, what about this, it? This this guy was in it. He got ate, eaten up by the big giant wave. Um, so he's a lawyer. He's Costner's one son, and uh, the town or someone in the town is trying to claim eminent domain to get some of Costner's land. Uh, they apparently got a connection with this other hot judge who's she's actually in kingdom which we need to watch and review on the pod i thought maybe those two were doing it on the side but from some of the later scenes it she wasn't like, a judge she's a governor oh the governor that's right sorry the governor i was watching it like i was falling asleep just because i was it was like one o'clock in the morning when i started um <laughs> and from later scenes though it seems like kevin costner's diddle on the governor which is yeah pretty awesome yeah it's such an ugly phrase when you hear it out loud hitting that Anyway, um, yeah, so then... Is it? That's from Two and a Half Men. Um, oh. Anyway, uh, so she puts that shit to rest real quick. Um, shuts that shit down. No exceptions. Then, Kevin, we meet a third or a second son who is, I guess, the, the brother that had to stay with him to help run the ranch, basically. Yeah. The, uh, um, not Badger. Who is Ash Kutcher's brother? In uh, the ranch. Uh, rooster? Yeah, basically the rooster of the family is what I'm gathering he was. <laughs> um, which also, funny funny I say that, because same fate. Um, so Lee, I think his name was. Uh, so he was pretty Lee, cool. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, then there's a third son who, I guess he's the uh, the rebel of the family. Yeah. Uh, he, he uh, you know, dad, him and dad got in a fight, and dad said to leave, and he left and shacked up with a... Uh, hot little Indian broad and had a kid who <laughs> Kevin Costner just wants to know. He just wants him to call him Pappy and just wants to ride around horses on the big ranch with him. So I can't believe you just said hot little Indian broad. <laughs> she was hot. Uh, 
<laughs> she is a Native American, Native American slash sorry. yeah slash First Peoples yeah. All that, all that, all that par- proper language. Why did that out? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah. So it's like, so the the whole thing is okay. Yellowstone is. Oh, he has this... I, was, I wasn't done. Hold on. And then, uh, and then, and then, I apparently um, some Native Americans take some barbed wire off the fence, and his his herd of cows ends up on their side. They're branded, so. But like, there's nothing they can do about it. I'm not sure how accurate that is. That that couldn't be sil- or settled legally. Like, hey, those are my cows. They got my Yellowstone brand that these junkies have on them too. That are now my cowboy herders. Um, but then that ends up in this big, massive, uh, uh, what do you call it? Ending scene where I guess Kevin Costner's got his own cops, like his own like security team, and they're like oh, driving. They're driving down to where the cows are to take them back and. The brothers there, so they kind of call it off, and then Gus Fring's a uh, dude that he whose throat that he slits with the, uh, the the box cutter shoots shoots Lee the the uh, the rooster brother, uh, and then <laughs> and then the the rebel brother who is uh, married to Gus Fring's boy or buddy's sister uh, shoots and kills him, and then you find out I guess Lee's dead. I don't know if I maybe you're supposed to not interpret that right away at the end of the episode, but he's dead from what i googled to make sure I yeah no he is uh but yeah man that sister is so roll tied but go ahead yeah. do your thing now um no so the show is about kevin costner owns he's the largest landowner in montana and his property abuts yellowstone and it's called the yellowstone ranch and the local there, there's two people that are trying to encroach in on his property the local Native American reservation um, who has a new ch- newly elected chief who did not grow up as um, a Native American on Indian reservation. He grew up uh, adopted thinking he was a Me- thinking. Well, they told him he was a Mexican, but he knew that couldn't be right. And so he found out he was Native American, went and now he's like, all right, let's just run casinos and get all the white man's money and use their money against them and buy all of our lands back. That's his, that's his angle. Right. And then there's like a, a big city executive who wants to develop this real estate and put in like condos and stuff. And, um, so basically those are the two adversaries that Kevin Coster has to go up against to preserve his ranch. And so that's where the conflict comes in with the cattle. Um, but drew the two groups was the, police outside the reservation and then the police on the reservation and for the most part you know like a lot lot of those people don't want there to be this big conflict Mm -hmm. but the new chief chief rainwater wants there to be a conflict he knows he's like he's like greasing the palms of a senator uh to to get the sympathies and he knows he's gonna have the media on his side so he wants there to be this big brouhaha and that way like he can try and get more land that way and costner is like too dumb to realize that until it's too late. Yeah. And so, um, sounds like you're spoiling episode, the beginning of episode two funeral scene for me here, pal. I don't know. I don't know. But then, yeah. So then, then the, the brother who actually is running the ranch dies, gets shot by, um, happens to be the other brother's wife's brother, brother. It's his, it's the brother. And actually, so the brother Casey, um, has to, 
he's there holding his brother as his brother dies and then has to kill his brother-in-law who's about to murder him also. So it, yeah, it was messed up, but man, that, that just kicks off the whole, whole, uh, series and drew that, um, the, the guy who was, uh, getting it on with, with the daughter. Um, did you, his name was rip. He's a good character. And then the uh, like the junkie that they brought on that they branded, um, what's his name? Billy. You're you're asking the wrong guy for that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's a really good character too. Okay. Oh, I assumed he was just going to be a one-off just to uh, introduce the branding thing. Nah, he's he makes it. He he's a he's a really good character. Oh, nice. And okay. so yeah, dude, they they do some backstory and all these things too. You're you're gonna really like. I'm I'm glad you want to. I'm glad you're recommending that people continue. Yeah, to no, watch. it's good. Is a uh, is is Kevin Costner going to talk in like weird truisms like the entire like the series? entire time? Yeah, uh, with, with, and in that raspy voice. I was really going to say that was probably the only thing that eventually started to wear on me. It's like, all right, dude, there's not some like weird thing for uh, like every situation <laughs> like that you need to you need to talk like that. It was yeah, similar. yeah. There is like those weird truisms just kind of kind of throughout. Um, yeah, yeah. It, Knows, Which is knows knows the answer. If you say yes, then they know there's something that there's something for sale. And this all this stuff. I'm just like Jesus. He's got like seven of these, and it's only like forty five minutes. <laughs> forty five minutes into an hour and a half episode. Can we get can we get more of Beth Beth Dutton uh, getting getting railed on the uh, on the counter on the wardrobe? Jesus. Yeah. Um. Nah, but um. So it's it's really good. Season two is like almost too far dark like not even dark but kind of like absurd and all the murders that take place oh i love dark i love it it's it's just like a little bit absurd and then season three they kind of bring it back so there's there's three seasons it's super good i'm glad you finally watched it i'm glad you enjoyed it um highly recommend it. it's on peacock if, yeah. for anybody who's who's well, wondering I, I did find it was interesting we talked about how peacock's like censoring a bunch of the wwe stuff yeah, there was like curse words and like semi nudity and sex in this show, so not really sure where the line is there for them, but neither here nor there. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Don't know. <laughs> do they? Do you watch? Did you watch it live? Like on like Pete or on um, Paramount? Paramount. It, I did. Yes. It, do they have like? Is it? Do they have f bombs and stuff when you watch? It I believe Paramount? so. Oh, okay. From what I remember, I was, just, I was just curious. I was I was taken aback when. Uh, when she was when that guy was trying to pick her up in the bar and she basically was like yeah you're probably a soft fuck <laughs> i was like oh my god I was like she just used the f-bomb what am i am i on a network yeah yeah i'm pretty sure they do and because it's paramount i think they also, can get away with god, it also great what a, what a scene that was oh man yeah um yeah, you're you're gonna like this show i'm excited so may, maybe we'll do a season one recap when you're done or something like that or okay I'm down for um, it. Sweet. I'll, I'll, and maybe, I have to say, maybe. I've been searching furiously since since I uh, said that that guy was... It's, was I'm pretty the, sure it's not him, but it's okay. I, I don't think it is now that I'm looking at it, but I can't find who it is, though. That's the problem. Um, maybe it's not Milton, though. Should we? I'm gonna keep track of how many truisms we get from Costner. We're gonna take a shot, that, that, that podcast, a shot for each one that he does in the uh, first season. Well, I mean, it just continues. I mean, we'll yeah, probably, that, we'll, that's that we'll, part of it is probably a little right? bit overcooked. Um, but that being said, they're still awesome. Yeah, uh, for sure. 
Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I think I think that uh, I'm not missing anything, right? I think that I think that's our time. That's everything we got this week. Next week, preview the undisputed 140 pound division. I am pumped. Can't wait. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of fun talking about that. Watch Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Great, great little uh, documentary they're doing, like HBO 24/7 on these fights. It's so cool. Nice. All right, Drew. Good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud.